Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Attention Talk Radio is brought to you by children and adults with attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Welcome to Attention Talk Radio, your ADHD information station where we help those with ADHD pay attention to attention. With your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to this edition of Attention Talk Radio. I'm your host, ADHD and attention coach, Jeff Copper. Our topic tonight, ADHD, a look at the pandemic's shadow. Uh, With us in our virtual studio is uh, Dr. Clifford Sussman, who I've known for well over a decade. Um, He specializes in uh, uh, ADHD and screen addiction or video addictions. Uh, He used to focus a lot on ADHD. Now it's more the addictive side, so he's the perfect guest for our topic tonight. Before we get into the details of the show, I'd like to thank children and adults with Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder for bringing this program to you. Um, In celebration of that event, we are anxious to give away free digital copies of Attention Magazine. To get yours, listen to our show. We share a secret word a couple times through the show. So just listen, write our secret word down, then listen to uh, other show of ours, um, write a secret word from that show down. Then email me the secret words. The email address is attention at attentiontalkradio.com. When I get it, we will send you a PDF copy of the current issue of Attention Magazine, and then we will send you uh, a PDF copy of the next um, uh, uh, magazine when it's printed. Um, Chad's got a little tip that we're going to run for you, and then we'll get into the show. Are you looking for books, articles, videos, webinars, and podcasts on managing ADHD from ADHD experts? Search Chad's National Resource Center Information Library to find reliable resources on ADHD for children, teens, parents, adults, teachers, and healthcare professionals. Many of the resources are free online. Go to chad.org. Thank you so much, Chad, for your continued support. For those that are not aware, Chad is the largest not-for-profit organization that advocates on behalf of those with ADHD. We encourage all of our listeners to either donate or become members to support Chad. Financial stability is really important for them to have the resources to have people lobbying uh, on Capitol Hill for the ADHD community and working with different regulatory agencies on wording to make sure that uh, those with ADHD get the accommodations that they need in order to thrive. Again, for more information, to donate or to uh, become a member, go to chadd.org. Okay, so um, our tonight's show, uh, a look at the pandemic shadow. Um, Over the last year, it's been fascinating what I've learned in my coaching practice, the number of people that there was a lot of addictive behavior before the pandemic. It has gone up substantially, and it's a byproduct of the pandemic. And so our topic tonight is really to take a look at that shadow and to bring some awareness. With us tonight is Dr. Clifford Sussman. He's a child and adolescent psychologist and psychotherapist who has been a pioneer in recognizing and treating internet gaming disorders since 2008, long before it became recognized by the World Health Organization as official diagnosis. As an expert consultant, he helps develop the first digital U.S. disorder track at the Carolyn Renaissance Treatment Center. He's a frequent educator and presenter on the topic and also trains other clinicians, which is important for those listening tonight. 
if you need some help and uh, your mental health provider is not as educated, he's a great resource. As a programmer, software developer, and gamer himself, he's dedicated to helping people achieve healthier, more balanced relationships with digital technology. He's certified by the American Board of Psychiatry and Neurology. He attended medical school at uh, Sunny University, where he received an Academic Achievement Award in Psychiatry. He also has a BA in Psychology from Vassar College in Poughkeepsie, New York. With that, Dr. Sussman, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. So today our topic is a look at the pandemic shadow, and I want to put this in the right context for everybody. Today's show is really about awareness. And, and, and self-awareness, because it's really important. You cannot regulate or inhibit yourself if you're not self-aware. And I really wanted to, to focus a lot on with the COVID pandemic and people being in yep. isolation and lockdown, and we're not interacting with people. Certainly the virus is a, is, is a pandemic. But you and I have been talking about the pandemic shadow, and more and more people right. are isolated by themselves, and they're bored, and they're moving to things to, in our vernacular, get a little bit of dopamine, whether it's uh, screen time or drinking a little more than they should or smoking marijuana. Uh, even, mm-hmm. you know, some people that I'm working with are, you know, using Uber Eats more and more, and their diet is deteriorating. Mm-hmm. And as a byproduct of this pandemic, we're really starting to see this other issue that's going to surface that we want to make people aware of, and that is people struggling to self-regulate, and they're getting more impulsive. Mm-hmm. From your experience, what are you seeing as an addiction specialist, particularly screen addiction in this world? Are you seeing an increase in some of this? What are your thoughts? Well, well Jeff, as I've told you before, there is uh, a tremendous rise in, in um in, in, in video game addiction cases that are coming my way uh, ever since the p- pandemic started. There's a, uh, there's a lot of cases of porn addiction uh, that are new. There's a lot of cases of, uh, as you said, um, uh, drug and alcohol abuse um, that seem to, that the pandemic seemed to exacerbate. Um, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people had, had problems with screen use before the pandemic, and then it really seemed to, to, to exacerbate the problem, and I think there's a bunch of reasons for that. So naturally, I think that those with ADHD struggle with self-regulation. We've talked about that endlessly on the show, and, and Dr. Russell Barkley's notion that, and we actually have research now yeah. that suggests that people with ADHD's life expectancy is substantially shorter, and there's like 14 mm-hmm. markers they measured it on, and nine of those markers you can do something about. The other five you really can't like intelligence, and of those nine, Second-tier variables related to all those was self-regulation with regard to diet and substance abuse and stuff like that. So the, the crowd mm-hmm. that, that listens to this show is predisposed to have some challenges with regard to that. And so yeah. one of the things – one of the great quotes from Dr. Parker is society is eliminating the obstacles that we had to help us self-control and places people in weakness. So, for example, in the old days when you would read a book, right, you just read the book, mm-hmm. there was no hyperlinks to get off on something else. Now when we're reading things online, even the newspaper, we're inundated with so many other things. And mm-hmm. to a certain extent, you and I did a three-show special back in 2017 regarding ADHD and screen addiction. And we were talking mm-hmm. at that time about how this is going to get more and more difficult. And right now there's a uh, – 
a documentary on Netflix called The Social Dilemma, and it's interesting because you watch that Netflix, and they're you know it's like Google has this algorithm, or YouTube does, on the people that watch it. And if you have ADHD and you're there, you watch a video, they're serving up another video that they've got a mathematical algorithm that determines what you're going to like. And people are getting on that stuff, and they just end up going and going. So a certain extent, they're predisposed to this. People are at home mm-hmm. without much time, and they're getting on these things, and, and they're getting sucked in. There's a great Mark Twain quote I heard, how, how do you go broke? Uh, two ways. All very slowly, and then all of a sudden. And I think that a lot of people are this. Uh, you know, you start watching some YouTube videos, and how do you get that screen? It's real, really slowly, and all of a sudden you're hooked. Um, yeah, this is really playing out all over the place, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I think it really is. Uh, there's there's a big problem with with kids uh, because they're uh, trying to learn from home on screens, so they have more yeah. access. Uh, they also have less structure, uh, and they have, um, you know, more a, di- a change in their environment, so the cues are different, uh, mm-hmm. so their brains are triggered in different ways than they were prior to the pandemic. I mean, you could say the same thing about, you know, a lot of people who lost work due to the pandemic or are working from home due to the pandemic uh, and and find themselves on screens a lot more. So the show really is a lot about awareness to make, like the shadow of this pandemic is mm-hmm. uh, the isolation and the escape to these types of things. Because That's right. in, my, in, my, in my coaching practice in the last year, I've had more people with serious addiction problems than I did in the 13 years combined. And again, mm-hmm. we want to bring some awareness to this because a lot of people I don't think are really – conscious of this they're not really aware of yeah. this again yeah. it's just it's it's slowly but creeping into the world and they're not putting really any protections in and and being aware of that is difficult because even the people like you work a lot with with gaming addiction scream addiction even when they're aware of it and they're in it it's very difficult for them to get out of it because they're so it's it's, it's such an addiction right 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 i mean it's a it's a vicious cycle because you know, you start with um, just like you said, needing needing dopamine, meaning that you 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 turn to screens for the instant gratification it provides, because we know that instant gratification is really um, very closely linked to dopamine release. And but you also get this continual uh, gratification, and so you're getting instant dopamine release and continual dopamine release, and the combination of the two. Uh, makes you become desensitized to dopamine over time, especially if you're binging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's what we see a lot more of now is this binging problem. And once once you binge on something um, and you become you, – you, you raise your tolerance to it by becoming desensitized to it. And that's not just drugs and alcohol. That's really anything that, that um, produces large amounts of dopamine release in the brain. Because you're really getting desensitized to dopamine, not necessarily the the drug itself, um, mm-hmm. and so because of that, uh, you it, it creates the need to get more stimulation, uh, you know, because because you you get the same amount of pleasure from a much larger amount, yep. um, and you know that's where the vicious cycle comes in, and that's why it's it becomes so hard to stop because you go into uh, withdrawal you go into a pleasure deficit yep um, when you when you stop want to talk about um, 
a little bit of this awareness when we come back for a break. But before we do two things, number one, just to update the, the listeners, dopamine is a reward neurotransmitter in the brain. And basically, it's, uh, it's the reason we procreate. It's the reason we forge for food. Most things that you're addicted mm-hmm. to increase the release of dopamine, whether it's alcohol or nicotine or cocaine or gambling, pornography, et cetera. And so the brain is very reward-driven. So when we're talking about dopamine, in these types of things, people with ADHD, dopamine central to it. So that's, that's kind of just to bring that together. And I want to go to a break, and I want to come back and, uh, and spend some time talking about awareness and some things that you can do about it. But before I go, I want to really read a post that was made on Attention Talk video, on one of my uh, YouTube videos that I thought was incredibly articulate. And, and really, it speaks to owning ADHD, and it's, it's, it's a sobering um, quote, but I think from an awareness perspective, uh, when it comes to these types of things, there's no really tip, trick, or strategy to, to deal with this because the person has got to be self-aware. And the quote goes, I simply won't get the same dopamine boost from reading a textbook as I do from playing online games or watching YouTube videos. So I'm going to pick the latter every time. I'm not as motivated by having a reward at the end as I am by having rewards built into every moment of an activity. Yeah. Yeah. Every no, that's a moment. great quote. It, it is. It is the plight of it people. It really points out how – right. It really points out how, how uh, when gratification is delayed, it's much more difficult for people with this problem. Um, so, so reading, you don't get, you don't get as instant gratification. Um, and often I'll have patients try to divide up their tasks into, into uh, activities that give them rewards right away and activities that require more patience in order to try and find a balance. You said something I really liked once well, during one of our conversations um, off the air where, where you were, you were talking about how um, uh, there, there's, it's not just about uh, kids, um, you know, not being in class or, or, or um, you know, it's not just about the class itself being really boring. Um, it's also about the competition. It's about, yes. uh, you know, just how stimulating uh, the stuff is online. Um, you know, and not, we haven't even talked about, uh, you know, the gambling and porn that people can access online. Yep. Um, and uh, just how and, – and, and you mentioned the social dilemma, which sort of illustrates how just about everything that's online, not just video games, but the Internet as well, is sort of designed to, to stimulate us right away. And yep. so it's really about um, – you know, it's, it's, it's not just about whether we can get interested in a book. It's can we get interested in a book compared to a video game, you know, or when it's competing with a video game. If you watch the social dilemma again, they've got they've cracked the the psychologists have cracked the code, and it's yeah. funny because when you watch the social dilemma at the beginning of it, everybody's like, "There's this thing, what's going on?" It's a lot of things. At the end of the day, the corporate America, politicians, and the news media are rewarded to mm-hmm. get your attention. They're competing over it, and as a result of it, there's mm-hmm. an incentive for them to get your attention, and they have figured out, in my mind how to get to your attention. Our brains haven't evolved that quickly. And so a lot of this show today is really about consciousness of this, because if you are oblivious to this, you'll just, you'll get sucked in and you won't even know it until one day, all of a sudden you really have a a bigger problem. So let's do this. Let's go to a break. You can even get sucked in when you are aware of it, but it certainly helps. You know, it it definitely starts with being aware of it. 
But I, even Ab- people who've seen the social dilemma still can't always stop. That's Absolutely. the amazing thing. Ab- well, I want to talk a, we're going to talk a little bit about that after the break. Everyone, two things. Number one, check out Dr. Uh, Sussman's website. It's Clifford Sussman, S-U-S-S-M-A-N-M-D.com. Two things. One, you can go there and check out some his resources for yourself. But there are some people in more rural locations and some people uh, in other parts of the world that are having difficulty with this, and their, their professional, their providers, is not really very well educated, particularly on screen addictions and gaming addictions. Dr. Sussman works with other providers to educate them. So if you need a resource in this area and you don't have it and you have a a mental health professional that's open to it, Dr. Sussman can work with them individually. So that's a resource. So you can go there for yourself and maybe get your physician to go there. Um, Our secret word today is shadow. Again, our secret word today is shadow. With that, we'll be right back after these messages. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Transform lives as a professionally trained ADHD coach at the ADD Coach Academy. ADHD coaching is in demand, a calling, and a career. Learn how you can change your lives by going to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Managing ADHD is about pausing before you ponder and proceed. This opportunity to practice pausing is being brought to you by digcoaching.com. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are here with Dr. Cliff Suffman, who... Is an incredible resource with regard to um, addictions, particularly gaming and screen. Uh, also has a lot of background in ADHD. I think I met him uh, like 10 years ago or something. It was, it's was it been a long time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, our focus today it's is to bring awareness time. to this shadow of the pandemic. Uh, more and more uh, people with ADHD, they don't like to be bored. Um, they're, they're more isolated. They're more apt to escape to something. Um, we're talking about what those some things are, and we want you to be aware that if you're not really conscious of this, it, it, it can be a, a real challenge. And let's see, there's something I was – I wanted to share something. Oh, we're talking about getting sucked into this, but there's another thing that I also want to share with you that's tangentially related that happens – is happening all of the time. Um, I was coaching an individual who, before the pandemic, was working at work, and then they had to work from home. And I was explaining to them that when I'm coaching people with ADHD, uh, often procrastination is rooted – I use the word ambiguity, and there's two parts of ambiguity. One is you really don't know. You don't know what to do. Mm -hmm. You don't know how long it's going to take. You don't know where something is, et cetera. But the other ambiguity is you can't hold it or retrieve it in your working memory. Like, it's just too big. And so sometimes just retrieval of knowledge that you have, um, it's ambiguous when you hit, like you look at something and you just get stuck. And she, she acknowledged, she was actually, she was struggling with me with a concept that that's, that's, that's when ambiguity starts. But then she had this aha one day and she texted me and basically she realized one day she was working from home and there was a procedural type thing or something in her work situation that she could not recall. And in that moment, she realized when she was at work, she would lean over to a coworker and within two seconds have the answer and continue. 
at home mm-hmm. being isolated. Right. She couldn't lean over to do that. And so she would escape to go get a cup of coffee or to go do something because the, the having to go find that information is very effortful and wasn't really clear on where that was. Right. And four hours later, she didn't get back to the computer. And I'm sharing this with it is because in those moments where you're isolated or you have these things, it adds to that, um, that urge to just escape and go feel good. And so sometimes yep. these little things happen for people with ADHD. You don't know what to do. It's really, really hard for you to go find that answer. You escape to get a cup of coffee or to go get some food or some read or online games or social media and all of a sudden you're off into the soup. So again, awareness that these little invisible things are really, mm-hmm. really driving you to these things. And then the, all these things are, are kind of sucking you in. So now the hard part, Dr. Sussman, I've coached people to the cows come home and, and they want tips yeah. and tricks and strategies and I can help them understand it. But there's a, there's a certain level that it gets to where it comes from the inside. And before the break, yeah. we were talking about, you know, some, some people being aware of some of the things that we were talking about. And even, even like when they're sucked into social media or something, they or, or gaming, they're aware of it, but they're still having a hard time stopping. That's the, yeah. this is difficult, right? Right, it is. I, I really like the um, what you just shared about uh, how, you know, you have – it wasn't just about how when people are at the office, um, they have ways to reduce ambiguity because they can get the information from other people. What, what you also really shed light on is that uh, the social cues are very different um, at home uh, and at the office. And you could say the same thing about at home and in a classroom. And yep. What 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 happens is when you're sitting around a bunch of other people who are working, you know, we often talk about a negative effect of peer pressure and how, you know, if you're if you're with a bunch of people smoking weed, you're likely to, you know, take the joint when it's passed to you, et cetera. Um, and if a whole bunch of people are talking at school about playing video games, you know, you're going to feel left out and you're going to want to play yourself. But there's a there's a, a flip side of that where. You know, if you're in a class full of kids and you see them all studying and you see that teacher at the front of the classroom, you're going to get these really powerful cues, which you associate with learning, which you don't get at home. And at home, you get the opposite cues. You see the screen in front of you where you were just Mm -hmm. uh, surfing the Internet and you see that uh, tablet on your desk or that phone on your desk where you were just, uh, you know, watching YouTube or binging Netflix and, and so those are the cues you're getting. And so when you do, like you said, find yourself in a moment where you feel a little bit like uh, of ambiguity or you feel overwhelmed uh, and you're, you, you know, you realize that it's going to take more effort to get where you need to be. Um, those cues are unconsciously uh, uh, bringing you towards uh, the thing that will just help you, like you said, escape from that. Yep. Uh, the thing that will help you, um, feel comfort the quickest, but also feel pleasure the quickest. Yep. It, 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 and these are big challenges. And so in the moment where this is happening and you're there, one of the things, Dr. Sussman, that I have learned recently, and I've learned a lot from you in, in this is mm-hmm. that I was working with people sometimes, you got to protect yourself from yourself. Like if it's a screen, mm-hmm. you put blockers and stuff like that up. And it's interesting because – some of the crowd, if you put those types of things in place, they get more sanitized. Like, 
it, like, okay, I got to crack the code. And so there's right. this interesting balance right. that I'm starting to, to, to notice is that sometimes people can protect themselves from themselves where they don't allow themselves mm-hmm. to get to something. But for some that I've coached, I miss, I mean, I've learned from this process is sometimes if to put things in place actually increases their excitement to crack the code and kind of get there. So this begins to get the really slippery slope where that's why yeah. this is show is all about self-awareness because at some point in time, that decision has to be made and it comes from the inside. Not an easy decision, right? Right. Uh, you know, I always put a caveat when I'm telling when, because parents will often ask me about um, uh, parental control software uh, and and a lot of my patients themselves will, will say, you know, what can I do to sort of um, block myself from getting on? And they'll ask about apps like Stay Focused um, on Chrome, which can be really useful, or, or Screen Time. Uh, but the thing is that, like you said, uh, I, I put the caveat that, you know, those things, they, they have their, their efficacy is limited because people find ways around them. And it becomes like an exciting, it's almost like another video game, like an exciting yep. challenge to man, uh, exciting uh, challenge to master, like how, which is really what we're doing in video games. You know, how do I crack this code? How do I get around this block? And, uh, you know, but it also emphasizes how important it is what you do, Jeff. Um, you know, the, the idea of seeing a coach, right? The idea of studying with someone else or having someone there to be accountable to other than just yourself. Um, you know, it's an important concept in group therapy um, where you have other people to answer to. And it goes back to my example of being in a classroom with other students, right, that mm-hmm. maybe you're even competing with a bit, um, mm-hmm. that, you know, as opposed to being at home competing with people on video games. Uh, you, when, when you're um, – there's a difference between having to answer to, that, to, to others than there is between having to answer to yourself. And, and in some ways um, – you know, it's it, 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 we get we're very social creatures. I mean, I think that's one thing the pandemic has really uh, proven to us, and that's why I love you using the word shadow. We really are in a shadow because we're such social creatures, and when we're isolated from everyone else, we really act differently, and um, we really look for any way we can to escape that situation. Um, and so, just being around other people. Um, uh, affects us deeply, and when we, um, you know, are 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 working with others, you know, or as part of a team, and we know that other people are relying on us or depending on us, or we're sitting with a coach like yourself, and they're mm-hmm. saying, "Okay, what do we do next?" We're not going to take out our tablet and play a video game. We're going to mm-hmm. respond to the person we're with, right? Mm-hmm. And in, and in, and that can be very reinforcing. Um, so, yeah, I think that, that um, it, it's really a challenge when people are isolated. Yes, absolutely. Um, look at the time. We need to do another break real quick. When we come back, I want to just talk a little bit about some things that I've learned from you that are surprising to me that I think our audience can, can take to kind of help manage their world a little bit. Um, we're going to go to break. As I said to everybody else, check out Dr. Sussman's website at Clifford Sussman, MD. Uh, that's CliffordSussmanMD.com. There's resources there for you. Also, if um, you're a mental health provider, you need them to get up on some, like, some education because they're not accustomed to this. 
uh, have them go there, and they can reach out to Dr. Sussman. He can, he's got all kinds of stuff that he does in terms of educational. Uh, our secret word tonight is shadow, and with that, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to Attention Talk Radio. We'll return in a moment. Your life, your world, your choice. This is Attention Talk Radio. Change your life by learning more about managing ADHD. Other places give you a few tips. The ADD Coach Academy will change your life. To find out more, go to addca.com slash ATR. That's addca.com slash ATR. Are you always late? The Time Timer is an award-winning time management solution that's helped millions of people with ADHD manage life better. As time passes, Time Timer's bright red disc disappears. Visit Timetimer.com and use the discount code ATR for 15% off. Could hiring an attention coach really help you move forward? <laughs> Does a child get wet when they dive into a swimming pool? You can get started moving forward today. Just call Dig Coaching Practice at 813-837-8084 and schedule a free consultation. Tell us you heard about us on Attention Talk Radio and get 50% off your discovery session. For more information, visit digcoaching.com. Don't delay, do it today. And now, back to Attention Talk Radio. Welcome back, everybody. We are having a very open, candid conversation with Dr. Sussman about the shadow of the pandemic, uh, and that is uh, the isolation and the nature of our world has really, uh, we're less social, we're pacing the cage, people are escaping, and they're doing it to uh, dopamine-type activities, and we're starting to find more and more people with more addictive behaviors having a hard time with it. We just really want to educate because people with ADHD are actually more susceptible and prone to this. So, Dr. Sussman, one of, one of the things that I just want to ask some questions, like if you're mindful and you're worried about some of this, what are some of the things that you can do? Because at the end of the day, you know, when you're by yourself alone, you know, sometimes it, it's there. But it seems to me that consciousness of this and managing of it is probably pretty helpful. For example, it seems to me um, if you have a book to read, it's better if you actually read the book and not go online because if you have the book, uh, once you get into it, you're not tempted with it. Or uh, I had a conversation with Dr. Barkley, like having two computers, one where you have very limited access to anything other than what you need, and then another computer that you go to uh, that's got those access, and you split that time. So when I'm working, I can't get to social media, and when my time is off, I can go to these other things. Um, well, that's, also, I, I tell people the exact same thing. <clears throat> And so that's, that's just to me, that he says that too. Yeah. To be able to manage that stuff. I also have heard some things that were fascinating to you that were, I think, really insightful. And that is when you are, and we're talking a lot about um, screen addictions and gaming addictions. One of the things that really stuck out is when you're eating, that's a time mm-hmm. when you should shut that stuff off. And mm-hmm. it, it, I, mm-hmm. At first it, it didn't make sense to me, but as I dwelled on it, it really made a lot of sense because eating one you're getting some dopamine like particularly if you're if you're hungry but you're also getting this other things which to me seems like it would perpetuate you sit down for lunch and all of a sudden four hours later you get back to some things but being mindful and saying i'm going to abstain for this period of time at least when you're eating meals makes some sense can you tell us more about that well i like activities like like eating and brushing our teeth and and uh getting dressed those are all routines. They're part of our day that we do every day without even thinking about it. And the people who are 
<clears throat> even a lot of people who are, uh, you know, have, have a really hard time uh, doing something on a regular basis or committing to something, um, they'll still eat meals. Um, <clears throat> now, I mean, of course, there are exceptions. There's addicts who are, I mean, like there's even screen addicts who will, <laughs> will go all day yep. without eating. So, so there's exceptions. But in general, um, what I find is that a lot of, uh, uh, say, compulsive gamers, for example, will eat while they're gaming. And <clears throat> there's, there's an opportunity that you're kind of missing out on there because it takes less willpower, especially if you're living with other people, to go and say, okay, let's, let's have our meals together. You know, because, you know, again, it's a social cue, right? Yep. If you're, if you're used, if it's part of your routine and part of your daily structure to join your family and have dinner with them and talk to them at that time, um, then it's, it's not as hard to pull yourself away from the screen for that. Um, and for the length of that, as it may be to, um, you know, pull yourself away from the screen to, uh, say, do some homework uh, or read yep. a book. Um, because again, you've got that social pressure. People are expecting you to be there. Um, yep. And you know, once you get into the conversation with others, um, it can really uh, provide a, a higher level of pleasure and satisfaction um, that you can't just get from highly dopaminergic activities. So I want to. This is this is interesting because I could I, I agree with you 100%. But in, in, this is an experience that I've had is that if you're listening to this program and you're inspired and you're going to say, okay, let's just start with the family dinner time. We're going to bring everybody together. And we've been through COVID yeah. and stuff like this. One of the things that I learned from the social that was just a real eye-opening thing is when you're on social media, um, mm -hmm. they get the algorithm and they start to serve up things that are related to your interests. So they were talking about yeah. like politics. Like if you're clicking on links that are related to maybe – I'm, I'm going to go to an extreme, like an extreme part of politics. They serve you more and more and more information of just that single-minded view, viewpoint, and you That's start right. to lose your mm -hmm. education on other things. And I'm mm -hmm. saying this is because when you come together on this, if the family, if one of your kids is like on social media and really into NBA and sports, it's they become like experts in an area, but their interests, what they're exposed to yeah. is not nearly as vast. And so realizes when you come together, having commonality for conversations is going to be a bit of a challenge at first because people are not yeah. used to that. And I'm, I want people to well, be aware of the proverbial echo chamber. It's, a, it's yes. a, you know, being on the internet puts you in an echo chamber. You know, it brings you to the people of the billions in the world who share your views and maybe have even more extreme versions of them, or maybe who are, like you said, even more fixated on the things that you're fixated on. And if you're sitting down at a, at a dinner table with family and you just talk the whole time about basketball statistics, you're going to lose some people. But, yes. you know, if you if you uh, get on a chat on the Internet and start talking about basketball statistics, um, you're going to keep going into deeper and deeper rabbit holes with people who are make you feel like, you know, that that's that's the coolest thing you could possibly know. Um, so, again, we're, we're very social creatures and we're influenced by what's what's going on socially, both on the Internet and off the Internet. And it's nice to have a balance. Yes, absolutely. So in the spirit of this, if you're an individual, it's one thing. We could do this with some other people. But if you're mm -hmm. a family, um, and I'm going to share a personal experience, is 
I started listening to Jimmy Buffett in high school, and I went to see my oh. first concert, and I think it was in 1979. And I mm-hmm. saw him every calendar year since, except for the first year I missed was 40 years later was COVID. Anyway, where I'm going with this is I had exposed my cousins and my brothers, and they all started listening to that. And we started going to concerts in the 90s where we'd go together. It was interesting because all my cousins would go, and we'd bring some friends, mm-hmm. and it was like a family reunion, only the, the grandparents, I mean, they were jealous because you usually have those reunions because the hierarchy like hey let's put this thing together and you get, you come together those family things and you know first thing you do is you talk about each other then you gossip about whoever's not there and then you drink too much and but there's not a lot there but where i'm going with this is because we would go to the concert there was an event to go tailgate so we would all you know pack up the car who's got the seven layer dip who's got the card table we were yep. all working towards a common goal where we'd pack up, drive an hour, unpack, go through the concert, come back. We would sit there in the parking lot and throw footballs and frisbees and all kinds of stuff and come back and do it the next day. My point in this is, is that if you have an activity like that where everybody's working together, it has that social element and it gives you something to talk about. Because my sister-in-law and myself, she's very much an introvert. I'm very much Mm -hmm. an extrovert. Our conversations last about 10 seconds. But when we had yeah. something that we were doing together, it gave us purpose, and, and we, were, we were talking. Yeah. I'm sharing that with – I stumbled into a, a YouTube set, a Colt, Colt, C-O-L-T, Clark, and the Quarantine Kids. And basically, this uh-huh. guy, during quarantine, he had a couple kids, and they, I think they got like 186 videos of songs that they did. Like he's teaching wow. the kids, yeah. and they're sitting there kind of going on like – and they have behind-the-scenes videos where he's teaching this stuff to the family, and they put this thing out there. Again, where I'm coming together with this as a means, as a strategy mm-hmm. to get yourself away from these things and to interact with people and have something to talk about doing group projects or diff- different types of things is a yeah. way socially to bring us together, to, to be accountable, and to help Absolutely. us push back on those other ties. One other thing that I wanted to put in here is if you're a well, parent – can I? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I, I wanted to I wanted to sort of um, expand on what you just said. Uh, but, uh, when I I actually I don't know if I've ever told you that I that I play guitar, uh, but I was in um, I was quite a uh, uh, enthusiastic songwriter in high school and college. Um, wow! And I even wound up writing a lot of songs for kids. What I found is that uh, it was when I had a songwriting partner. To write with or I was in a band um, I would be much more prolific than when I was just trying to sit down and write things by myself and, and it was much more easy to get distracted when I was trying to do stuff by myself but you stick me with a band or you stick me with another a co-songwriter just someone to feed ideas off of even if I was writing the entire song myself it was like you know the, just just having someone else to give me feedback and having someone else who's looking for the next line yes um, and it just, it, 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 it drives you. And, um, you know, I was able to write a lot more songs when I wrote them with other people than I was able to write alone. And, you know, if you look at prolific songwriting teams like Lennon and McCartney, you know, a lot of people think that they, they each um, wrote most of their songs by themselves, but you know that they, they were able to put out so much more when they were writing with each other than when they had their solo careers. Um, so it's it's quite an interesting phenomenon that relates to what we were talking about in terms of social cues and how it drives us and, and gives us a different type, type of reward that's almost a higher level of reward um, and it, a, very, it, a very sort of – yeah, go ahead. 
so related to that, we I did an interview a couple years ago with Dr. Barkley on working memory. Mm-hmm. If you just go Attention Talk Radio GPS, in that show we talked about working memory for people with ADHD mm-hmm. and how it's more taxed and it's easier. Yes. For people with ADHD, basically to externalize thinking because of visual imagery, if you can see it or if you talk out loud, that actually helps you. And so if you have ADHD, maybe go listen to that because it will reinforce a lot of what Dr. Sussman's experiences in writing things is sometimes when you're – for people with ADHD, not to talk is not to think. So if you talk in, there's, yeah. a, there's A, you're collaborating, but also facilitates it. And here's the thing. It makes it thinking easier. And so you're less apt to yeah. escape. Going back to the thing earlier when I was talking about the person at home and they had an issue and they couldn't – they didn't know it. They had to think. When thinking is hard, mm-hmm. that's when people tend to escape. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Don't mean to talk so fast, but there's one last thing I want to kind of get in that I think is really, really important. And you and I have talked about this before is you become aware of this and you want to throttle things back. And I've seen a lot of parents say, I'm going to just take away my kid's cell phone. And when I when they yeah. do that, I sit there and say, okay, now let's let's be clear. Yeah. When you take that away, you remove that. This kid, or you, if you take it away, are going to go through hell on earth for 48 hours because yeah. you and I talk about the de- de- detoxification. Think of it like this: right. your brain is used to being really comfortable and rewarded, and now it's not getting yeah. that reward, so it's uncomfortable. So you're going to be cranky, whatever. And before you do it. You've got to have the understanding it's going to be hell on earth. And I've told parents like that, don't take your kid's cell phone away unless you're prepared to handle it. Yeah. Well, that's true. I mean, you have to make sure that, that it's a safe situation to do it. It's much better if, the kid, if your kid is on board. Um, and, you, but, and most importantly, you have to have like a, a, a follow-up plan for once the dopamine detox is complete, you know, to have balance because or else they'll just go right back to the old behaviors if they go right back to the same environmental cues. Uh, so, uh, but, but um, it's, it's uh, at the same time, like parents will, will find, and this has been one of the most rewarding things about doing this for a living and helping parents go through dopamine detoxes leading to more balanced um, screen use is that, you know, maybe by the third day or the fourth day, you'd be surprised how soon into a into a detox parents will call me up and say my kid is a different kid they're behaving (laughs) better they're they're more you know they're they seem to be more content more happy they feel you know kids will tell me they feel liberated from their social media um Mm -hmm. you know the parents will say my kids are just more they're better people they're more pleasant they're the kid i remember them from before they started all this stuff um, you know, their work, they're, they're doing better academically, you know, they're, they're back to their studies. Um, everything is less of a fight and a power struggle. And even, um, I've even seen the first couple days uh, go better, uh, you know, even when you are going through real withdrawal. I've seen cases where that went better than, say, if a parent tries to get a kid off a screen in the middle of a binge, you know, yep, and yep. you can get even more pushback then because while the kid may not be in as much of a withdrawal state then um, as they are after a day of, of detoxing and, and they may not have as strong cravings because they've just been satisfying their, their need for dopamine. Um, they also are, uh, uh, it, it's like this having to leave the people you're playing with or having to stop doing a task in the middle 
having to make that transition away from screens, that can be extremely difficult for, you know, compulsive gamers. Yep. And, um, can, can, and, 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 you know, like you were talking about this regulation, that's when you see a lot of real dysregulation. In some ways, when you're doing a detox, it's like you're kind of emotionally prepared for it. So you, even yes. though it may be tougher, you don't get as emotionally dysregulated. Whereas when kids are just taken out of their virtual world into the real world immediately without preparing, they can become extremely dysregulated. So parents are often shocked to find out how much easier doing a dopamine detox is than they think it will be. I mean, yes. the whole dynamics of like how do you take the screen away and is it done by force or is it done you know, in a more <laughs> collaborative way, which you like to see you know, how do you set it up? And that's why I think parents should see professionals like myself before they try something like that. Um, but, you know, and, and there's, there's also great residential places where you could do this, um, Absolutely. you know, residential treatment for, for internet and video game addiction, um, where you can do a much longer dopamine detox and have a lot more support in place and structure in place to make it happen. For example, like I to a place called Karen Renaissance, where it's a it's a it's a rehabilitation center that addresses uh, uh, process addictions in addition to drug and alcohol addictions, and they have a track there now that I that I help them with that's just for internet and video game addiction. Um, for young adults, and they'll go there and do like a 30-day dopamine detox yep. followed by 60 days of learning to balance their life yep. with, with and then getting their screens back in a more structured setting. Um, Absolutely. There's a program called Restart for Younger Kids out in Washington State. So there's lots of ways to achieve a dopamine detox, and it can be a Absolutely. very valuable tool. Absolutely. So I want to pull the show together relating it more and more um, 10 years ago dr barkley was walking around saying you know adhd has to be an executive functioning issue it wasn't showing up as an impairment at tests at the time and and he was going through an mm -hmm. argument i'm not getting the background but since then he's actually defined executive functioning model as there's there's kind of cognitive tools the first one is self-awareness and you have to have self-awareness for the mm -hmm. second one that self-restraint to inhibit yourself to me collectively those two are self-regulation then you have the next level is visual imagery the mind's eye to be able to see things in your working memory yes. then you have the mind's voice the self-talk that guides you through your day those two to me are like working mm -hmm. memory then you have emotional self-regulation and the emotion is we like to feel good and then the next level yeah. is playing with information in your mind. And so what I'd like you guys to take away for it is if you take a look at those, this show is really about that self-awareness of yeah. what's going on, that it's hard for you to self-regulate because emotionally it feels good when you get dopamine. And again, dopamine's yeah. a big deal. It's the reason we procreate, it's the reason we forage for food. It's very, it's very important in human evolution. Yeah. However, we also talked about working memory. When your working memory is taxed, in other words, when it's hard for you to think, you're more apt mm -hmm. to just want to escape that pain and go to something pleasurable. And as I say, ADHD is an issue of self-regulation with a thinking challenge. The harder it is to think, the more you want to escape. And this area that we're having right now is we've been isolated, your home, it's harder for you to think. There's more and more pressure. There's more and more anxiety. There's more and more of an emphasis to escape, and there's more things around to escape, too. And the one thing that I've learned is this particular space, I, I, I can't coach somebody to go forward until they're aware of it, and they come on board and they realize that that's a bit of a challenge. There's, if they don't own it, they're not a part yeah. of it. Do. And today was really about everybody – 
be self-aware, realize this stuff is going on. Dealing with it is not the simplest mm-hmm. thing, but if we can get a few of you out there on board with this and realize it and do something about it, then we did what we did. So uh, any last comments, Dr. Sussman? Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, so so I, like, I like the way you described um, self-regulation and executive function. I, I like people to think of this analogy, the driver versus brakes analogy. I think of um, – self-regulation as a, as a competition between your driver and your brakes. Um, and the brakes are the prefrontal cortex of the brain, the, um, the, the center that, that produces all the executive functioning. Um, and, it, and it's what gets us to, to stop what we're doing um, uh, and stop seeking pleasure and, and say, wait, you know, I can't binge on this video game now. I have a test tomorrow. To do that, we need stronger brakes. Um, and uh, the driver of the brain is that dopamine system we described, that, that sort of lizard brain in us that just wants whatever we want as soon as we want it. And uh, it's a competition between those two things that, that we're, that, that's happening in our, in our brain when we're, when we're trying to regulate ourselves. Um, and ADHD medications, um, they, they, uh, they can produce more dopamine, so... Um, they can compensate by giving us the dopamine we need so we don't have to step on the gas as hard to get the dopamine um, because we're getting it from the medication instead. Um, But it's not going to um, really uh, have a long-term benefit. Once the medicine wears off, we're going to go back to this Mm -hmm. imbalance between the driver and the brakes. Um, The only way to really strengthen the brakes um, is to, uh, you know, have balance in our lives, to have a lot of, to, to not have, um, to get those dopamine receptors back, to get that sensitivity yep. to dopamine back. Uh, and so that, so that we can tolerate, um, uh, you know, stepping on the brakes because we're not stepping on the gas as hard. Absolutely. So everyone, there's a virus that's out there. Um, but there's this other, the shadow yeah. that's having an impact. We hope that you're aware and, and begin to take charge and control your life. Um, Dr. Sussman, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on the show. It's, uh, it's been a, very enlightening for our uh, listeners. I encourage you to go check out his website, uh, CliffordSussmanMD.com. Our secret word tonight is shadow. And again, Dr. Sussman, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Jeff. I always enjoy being on your show. You do a great job getting people right, educated on this stuff. Excellent. Everybody, pause. Think about what you're doing. Look at your world. Manage it. Be serious about it. With that, we hope you've enjoyed this edition of Attention Talk Radio. Catch us next week. Take care. Stay well, everyone.